0: Good morning, Millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy hump day. Make sure to hump someone you love today. Unfortunately, Theo's not here, so it's looking like Jackie is my next humpy.
1: Is it really hump day, though, if Theo's not here? And let's talk about the fact that he's just skipping out
0: on work left and right. That's a very interesting philosophical question you pose. Is it still technically hump day if Theo isn't here? And according to my research, yes. According to my research, no, it's just Wednesday. And in regards to Theo um, coming to work, it's, it's his mom's fault, to be honest. Like, with the new studio, like, I'm on a new schedule, and I need to just get my shit together before I start bringing... My son, so. Before you start giving us Crunchy Angel Dora. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we can't give the people.
1: Crunchy, Crunchy Angel Dora,
0: Dora. Precious Chan Dora. Beautiful,
1: lovey Dora. Love of my life, Dora. I miss him, Dora.
0: Apple of my eye, Dora.
1: Perfect man, Dora.
0: Crunchy lips, Dora. Beautiful, Fatch Dora. Soft and angelic, Dora. Smooth and furry, Dora. and scene.
1: You know, the thing with the Dora song is like... It could go... It's the song that never ends. It just goes on and on, my friends. Some people we'll start started singing, singing it, no not ma- knowing where it, not knowing what and, it was, but we'll just keep on singing it and it is just because it no, is the that's song not that how never it ends. Goes. Yes, it is. And not
0: knowing what it was. But they'll continue singing it forever just because this is the song that never ends. Eh, eh. It just goes on and on, my friend. Uh, oh. Some people started singing it not knowing what it was, what? but they'll continue singing it forever just because this Yay. is the song that. Honestly, I feel like that is my key.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, that honestly, so,
0: like that sounded if beautiful. You're going to an audition, American Idol. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. I'm going to be singing the song that never ends today. Thank you for having me. Claudia, that's beautiful. Speaking of... Okay, so yesterday was probably one of the best days I've had since quarantine started. One for shallow reasons, obviously, like my special came out and there were so many, like I literally was overwhelmed. You know, it's like when you talk into a void for so long and you just talk to your Instagram stories and you talk to this camera, like for a while, it feels like there's nobody listening. And I know we have analytics and I know how many people listen, but sometimes I just feel like nobody likes us. Like I really feel that way. And with the special, like I couldn't believe how many people were tagging me in their stories. Like I actually couldn't keep up with all the stories and all the reviews. And like literally my show got to number four overall on iTunes and number two, I couldn't be the stupid fifth fucking Steve Carell comedy in comedy. I bet you it's trash. I bet you it's trash. It literally sounded so bad. It was, uh, whatever. I digress. Um, But it's really, it's still, and now when I went to bed last night, it was number four. When I woke up, it was number five. So keep purchasing, keep reviewing. If you're looking for places, I have all the information now. So it's available on a ton of platforms. Amazon Prime, Apple TV, which is iTunes, um, Vimeo, Google Play, tons of places. And if you're looking for YouTube, you can buy it on YouTube or rent it on YouTube. If you're looking for any of the places, um, I have a highlight in my Instagram story now with all the information. And I just truly appreciate everyone just really showing up for the comedy special. And I've gotten such positive reviews. And then selfishly, not selfishly, the day yesterday was so amazing because we spent like half the day with our niece. And (sighs) she is just, she's really something. She, it was impossible it was hard for me to hold her and not like
1: squeeze her so hard no it's and like not to just walk out the door take her. her home with you and never
0: to return throw her in my purse and just dash yeah it, it was is hard. really hard she's really tempting really tempting um so it was just a great day and I'm feeling like invigorated with this newfound love and appreciation for life and I haven't felt that way in a while and it's because the toaster so thanks guys
1: thanks guys
0: and That's- I hope everyone enjoyed the special I mean what's not to enjoy. I'm really excited to watch
1: it. I still haven't watched it because you know I like to save I like to save my content. Like I don't I'm not watching it as homework. I will enjoy it. I had actually so much to do yesterday. We recorded the Redheads episode will be up tomorrow morning. I think you guys are really gonna enjoy it. So if you haven't read the book yet or you haven't finished, make sure to do that soon before the episode drops
0: and tomorrow's also our last episode of the week because it is a holiday weekend and we will be back on Tuesday of next week so that's just a little programming scheduling update and anything else
1: not not at the moment not at the current junction I think we should just get into the stories of the day
0: oh my god because
1: I've... there's one story that um
0: is taking over my life it,
1: It's taking over my life because I've forced it to. I I really like to believe that if we didn't do this job,
0: like, it really wouldn't even be on my radar. Well, I think that's also why my day yesterday was so good because I watched so much of the YouTube drama content. And it's not as juicy as it once was, but it felt like we were, like, getting back to, you know, normal life. You know, that, like, just the simple days where vitamins were just up for discussion. Yeah, but, like, the simple days of drama getting. Yeah, and before quarantine. Like, before we knew what it was like to be so bored.
1: yeah. And I see that. Well, we're going to get right into it in the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast.
0: And today we also have Dear Toasters. So it'll be a nice long episode for everyone. Again, Ooh. Dear Toasters, our advice segment, you can always email us totally anonymously, toasters at gmail.com, if you want us to read your query on air. Is that the right word? Query? Yeah.
1: Wow, query. That's so smart.
0: Okay, first story the
1: story of the day. Tati Westbrook says James Charles feud started from Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson's poisonous lies. Okay yesterday Tati Westbrook dropped a video called Breaking My Silence. It's a 40-minute video in which she explains sort of the events leading up to what inspired her motivated her and gaslit her to make the video last May about James Charles called by Sister. She says that Shane I'm just you know paraphrasing, paraphrasing Shane and Jeff Jeffrey really filled her mind with lies about James Charles. Encouraged her to do the video, offered to edit it. Yeah, him being this monster. She had already had concerns about him and his fame and his entitlement. But then after talking extensively with Shane and Jeffrey, she really thought that making this video was the right thing to do um, to like sort of stop him in his tracks and get him off his phone before a bunch of victims came forward. And Shane said he was going to do a documentary with a bunch of James Charles' victims. They had played an audio file for her. Uh, of a conversation with one of his victims that I guess really tugged at her heartstrings, also being a victim um, of abuse, victim of sexual assault. And so all of these events led up to the Coachella Sugar Bear Hair versus. Her halo. vitamin, halo, halo, vitamin kerfuffle, which at that point was the thing it was. So it wasn't all about the vitamins, but the vitamins were the thing that brought it back to like her beef with James. Right. And she made that video. So
0: according to her video, basically, she never really like thought much about some of James's odd behavior, but only when she became friends with Jeffrey and Shane did they poison her and gaslight her into making this video and encouraged her very heavily and, like, gave her the knife in which to stab him in the back. And I want to take this chronologically because there's so much to unpack here, but let's just start with Tati's video. Okay. Because after Dramageddon, which that's what they call it, after Dramageddon, I think the world pretty much after all the videos took James's side
1: yes it's funny because now in thinking back on it I feel like the way that I left Dramageddon I felt like James was right I think I felt that Tati was a nice decent person I don't think her video was filled with lies it seemed like there was a misunderstanding that none of us could really reconcile but we were both fine with James and Tati James was uncancelled Tati was like going down in subscribers after she had really gone up. up Um, but I don't think, it definitely harmed Tati because like she, she, something about what she was saying was untrue because James was able to refute it. But I did feel like there was this piece missing because Tati seems like a decent person. I have a and feeling James, we're about
0: to agree, disagree. I, I heard, feel, I
1: heard a bit of your phone call and we're definitely about to disagree. Okay. And, and James w- had the receipts, So I definitely felt like I was on both of their sides, even though those sides conflicted with one another.
0: Yes, I I agree. But you know what? As a fan, I was such a big fan of James Charles. And Tati's video totally poisoned me. And then with his video, like, I believed him. But something about it, like, I I actually... And I just think of myself, like, as a fan of YouTubers. Like, I haven't watched really much uh, James Charles content since then. So, like, even though he did, you know... uh, What's the word with an R? R Redeem himself... Um, I definitely think that video took a toll on his career in, in the numbers of it all because I myself stopped watching, even though I believed him. Yeah. It's just like I was, I was over it. Yeah. So I agree. There was something missing in the sense that nothing made sense. Like, how can these two people be telling the truth? And I didn't think either one of them were lying. Like, I don't think Tati is a liar. And I do not think James Charles is a liar.
1: No, Everyone I told their
0: version of the truth.
1: Yeah. I remember when we talked about Tati, we were like, who is this person? She seems like such a precious Beautiful. gem of a woman. And this was before James's rebuttal so she just seemed like this really sweet kind person and I do think she's still that person but obviously there were things
0: going on behind the scenes that affected why she made that video So in the video, now let's bring it to present day, in the video, oh, except that video, Dramageddon took place in May, and according to her video, in December, her and James made up.
1: And December was after Shane and Jeffrey's series came out, where they didn't bring up Dramageddon, they didn't have anything about victims, and they
0: totally left Tati out to dry, and so I think- Even though, wait, there was a, uh, she contradicted herself in her own video, because she said that- They totally cut her out of the video. She wanted to, like, she was supposed to be a part of the series. But then she also said she declined to be a part of the series altogether. So did they cut you out or did you decline?
1: Well, it seems as though, um, she was talking about like, remember when there was like a, I guess it's like a trailer for the, sh- for yes. the series and it looked like they were going to talk about Dramageddon because they had it in the trailer, but then
0: she asked them not to,
1: but then the episode, it never happened. And then Shane and Jeffrey were just like said, we decided not to focus on all of that. Yes. And so I don't know really where she stood, but like the fact that Jane, Shane and Jeffrey didn't get their hands dirty then, I think she really waited for that to come out thinking that might redeem her. And when it didn't, her and James got together to talk about their, both of their experiences.
0: Yeah, okay. So That's how I read it. By the way, I agree, and I'm sure that's what happened. But, like, for me at least, I don't know. I just have a hard time believing that, like, Tati Westbrook is 38 years old. She has built an amazing company. She's, like, one of the richest YouTubers from Halo to Tati Beauty to her YouTube. Like, she is incredibly smart, incredibly successful. She's been in this game for a while. She was above the drama forever. And I just feel like it's a really convenient theory, like, for her. Like, she, I, I don't see this brilliant, smart, beautiful woman... Being gaslit that easily by two people she barely knows, I just don't. And I don't see her throwing her like long friendship and mentorship with James Charles. He was at her wedding. I don't see her so easily throwing him under the bus because people she met for a month told her to. Well, it was more than a month. But I just, I, I, it makes sense. I don't think she was lying in any way. Like the timeline and all the facts, it did but it's add like, up. How
1: did you? get sure maybe people can poison your mind and you'll think differently about james but to go and make that video log into your channel right to make that video which requires so much time effort energy
0: scripting you know editing strategy
1: yeah to get it up it's a lot of work for someone who's not that interested in taking down another human being.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like she didn't really take accountability for her what she did to James. And to be honest, like when I started watching the video in the beginning, I was really angry on behalf of James. Like he got fucked in this whole thing. Like he never once asked to be a part of any of this. He let Jeffrey Starr do his merch with killer merch. Like he was just he, as far as I know, he was kind to everyone in the space and everyone definitely was. You know, A little I don't say jealous. Jealous jealous of his incredible historic success. Yes. So for me when I started watching this video, I was like angry on for James. I'm like, this is really unfair because as far as I know, there's no victims of abuse coming out against him. As far as I know, that was just a rumor. So I'm like this kid, who's twenty years was 20 years old at the time, had the whole world turn on him because, according to Tati Westbrook, she got gaslit. I don't know. It just seemed so like she wasn't taking accountability for her part in all of it. Like, she really put it all on James and Shane. And I'm no apologist for, sorry, Jeffrey and Shane, and I'm no apologist for them, but it does seem like convenient timing.
1: I don't think the timing's convenient at all. Like, we've really all put this to bed, and even in the comments that I've read, people are so beyond over
0: this. I mean the timing in the sense that, like, Shane is now on the chopping block for his abhorrent behavior. People are wanting to cancel Jeffree Star. YouTubers are just, like, not... Um, it's never been a worse time to be a YouTuber. It's honestly never been a worse time to be an influencer because there is this sort of reckoning and people looking into your past. And Shane and Jeffrey are huge topics of conversation. They've been tweet, uh, trending on Twitter for weeks. like. And yeah. so I just think that, I don't know, it all, it adds up. But in a lot of ways, it makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, but you know what? So in the beginning of this video, I'm like, why am I watching this? I'm beyond bored. I don't even care anymore. And like, you, how can these two morons coerce you to make a video? A whole video. It's a, it's a lot to make a video. And That's like how you- I felt. But then... She started talking about the rest of her year and what happened afterwards yes. and how her business suffered and how she could barely get herself together and how she was supposed to start fertility treatment. She couldn't even do that because her mind and her body like could not have handled that. And like the constant anxiety that she lived with in the past year. And I know exactly. I mean, actually, I, I, mean, I don't know exactly what she's talking about, but I know that feeling of, of just exactly like Pitt, you know the whole world hates you and she's been in that position for a whole year and so now she's just sharing what happened from her perspective i do think that her and james got together they have these text messages and receipts that they're not sharing and they're putting together a story i don't know if the story is exactly what happened on jeffrey and shane's side but i think even knowing that jeffrey and shane had a little bit of involvement and influence in Tati making this video
0: makes a lot of sense. By the way, I thought all along not Shane. Honestly, I don't I don't think Shane really gives a shit about what goes on in the beauty YouTube community back then. He wasn't even a part of it. I'm I don't really feel he was like becoming a part of it. He was like that back then is when they were
1: filming this series. For so conspiracy. he was like learning makeup and making a palette.
0: I don't know. I just I don't get the vibe that like Shane had much stake in this game but like obvi- I, I've i thought for a year now that Jeffrey was definitely involved in Tati's video either with like helping her put it together or some of the evidence like I have always thought that and I have always pretty much thought that Jeffrey was je- jealous of James but then like his weird video never doing this again didn't make sense there's so many things that don't add up here and part of me when watching her video like I don't think she was fake crying and I don't think that she really lied about anything I don't think Tati is a bad person like I don't think she's I one think of these she's actually a very good person me too who got herself in a situation that she could not get out of and she was not prepared to handle she's just not like that she's been on YouTube for like 10 years and she just does beautiful lovely content she doesn't get involved in drama that's not her brand some people that is their brand they like, thrive off of it the more drama the
1: more like fanning the flames they live for it
0: but to me she's like a fragile soul yeah. and she can't handle that and I don't think anything she said in the video was a lie and I don't think she was being disingenuous and I don't think she was fake crying I just wish I don't know I just feel like it was the, the part about her, like, not taking any responsibility for the video and just, like, really blaming it on Shane and Jeffrey, like, that was too easy for me. Like, you uploaded the video. You edited it. That is, like, a week's process. Like, I just, I don't know. It was, it was a little too convenient for me.
1: Okay. Well, I also want to talk about Shane because he went live as he was watching Tati's video. I don't know if he had completed the video and started he again. What a mess. mess I mean, I saw some snippets of his live on. It was
0: only two minutes. What you saw was the whole thing.
1: Oh, Okay. It was a complete train wreck. Like him accusing her of fake crying. Not once did I think that her tears were fake. And then one upping her abuse with his. He was like, really? I was molested. It was the worst what? possible move he could make. In Deleted you know, and tweeted. This is such a fucking lie. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. To be honest. And, and that really, and he did absolutely nothing to help his case. That to me just made Tati look even more reasonable.
0: Agree. Truthful. Um, I though I was really confused, and I'm still like not sure where I stand because, like at, the, like, at the end of the day, I don't think anything Tati said is a lie. I think she's a lovely person, and I think she got caught up in a situation that she was not equipped to handle. But some things aren't adding up for me, um, and I I posted it on our Instagram, and I really wanted to know what people thought because with with the vitamin stuff, like, it was so clear how everyone felt with Tati, and then it was so clear how everyone felt with James. And t- right now, I feel like we got no clarity. Like the audience, the world hasn't taken one side. And so I just wanted to see what people were saying on our Instagram. And I would like to share um, some of the comments from someone named Beth. She said, Shane has always seemed so sketchy to me. I buy Tati's story. She has always seemed real. Okay. I mean, that's beyond subjective, but yeah. Hannah said, I think the fact that her and James made up proves that there is truth to what she's saying agreed with that there's no way james would forgive her if this wasn't the truth and that they were both being manipulated by them also tati was not problematic at all before all of this mm-hmm. true agreed with that um allison said jackie Ana finally getting an apology publicly was nice everything else eh? if you're in the youtube community for a long time which i have not been there's deep-rooted uh drama with jackie Ana and she got justice last night which is also fantastic
1: I also want to say the way that Tati was like in the beginning of the video and the end of the video talking about like the YouTube drama in general like and you know things are going to come out and she's scared for her life like I literally is it's like the mafia yes this community and is
0: it really like that or there these people are just so dramatic my feeling was that she was being a little dramatic but it's clear that she's had a very hard year and she's very anxious and that was clear like in the way she was talking about security relocating legal statements we're putting together a What's gone on here is crazy, but in my mind, it's not necessarily like illegal. No, but I also
1: think a lot, some of her message underneath the surface was that more things are going to start to happen, and she was this was, was kind of like a warning to everyone. And I think she made some interesting points, even though she was so vague, it was painful, painful, and um, so slow
0: to get to her yeah, point.
1: She was, but she was trying to say, I think, like. The way that we all sort of gang up on someone when something like this happens, even when you know we all ganged up on James based on her video, is something that we need to stop doing. And also at the end of her video when she says, like, if you want to cancel someone or you don't want to be a fan anymore, it's what we're always saying, like, by all means, walk away, focus that energy on yourself, on a different creator. But the hate and like the vitriol of going
0: after people, it can't keep happening. Right. And in the beginning of her video, she said something incredibly profound when she was talking about, like, the way people feel about, felt about Dramageddon, like, all for James, all for Tati, and the way that we have, like, freedom of speech, but it's so limited because if you don't agree with the herd, like, you're automatically canceled for your opinions, which is so evident given the climate that we're currently in. And it's actually crazy. Like, even in our comments about Dramageddon, like, the way that we attack each other, like, you guys... People are allowed to have their own opinions, even if they're different than you. It's what makes this country great. And you have to stop. You, like, if you have ever attacked someone in a comment for their opinion on a random issue, like, you are the problem. Yeah. And I don't know how many times you have to hear that in order for it to get into your head. Like, this toxicity that exists, like, in the beauty community and, like, within the fa- fandoms is because of people just fucking attacking each other for no good reason. And it's insane. But I digress. I want to keep reading people's opinions because I just find it so interesting. From A.H. Loves Life. My only thought is that I listened to a two-minute clip of Shane talking about children in the most horrific way. I need not know anything else about this man. I agree with your stance on cancel culture, but this man needs serious help and should by no means ever have a platform again. Period. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, And that's why it's like, I think in a lot of ways, this was a good time for Tati's video to come out because nobody's really going to defend Shane and Jeffrey right now.
1: No, I mean, I think everyone wants to hear from Jeffrey. I don't think anyone wants to hear from Shane really ever. But what does Jeffrey have to say about this? And I think Tati knows that Jeffrey is going to, a storm is brewing and, and Jeffrey's going to rain down on them. But I think she's prepared for that. And it was more
0: important for her to tell her truth than to live scared of Jeffrey this next comment is something I saw a lot and it's she's a grown woman she knew exactly what she was doing next part of me does agree with that like I don't know how much a 38 year old successful businesswoman can be manipulated by two other people into doing something so drastic I I don't I don't know if I necessarily believe that 100 percent.
1: yeah that's I mean that's a fair point
0: and then the last one from Anna. Respect the hell out of her calling them out. Really appreciated the apology to Jackie Aina. That seems to be a popular opinion, and I agree with it. So, once again, we don't know. At least this, you know, first of all, I'm so glad we have something to talk about that's just, like, silly light. Great. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, but it's just so interesting because with the in first round, there was really no confusion for me. It's like I was firmly on Tati, and then I was firmly on James. And you
1: know what? Like, that's the problem. Like, you, you, what like, nothing is ever so cut and dry, you mm-hmm. know, and especially when, like, people's emotions or people's perceived, like, you said, like, someone, Shane said something to Tati, and Tati took it as, like, some sort of undertone with it. So when people are starting to interpret what other people are saying, like, yeah, it's really not so crystal clear. So when someone puts out a video and we're all, like, 100%, we know what happened, and these are the facts, and it's really only one person's side and not the whole story, like, that's not... Valid. That, yeah, like, so the everyone feeling so strongly we shouldn't I honestly I feel like feeling confused about what happened here is the right way to feel I feel like everybody's
0: confused as we should be because we weren't there yeah and just I um I just feel like Tati in a lot of ways like she does she does need a break like it's clear that she's not cut out for this type of YouTube space I think for years she was just like her own person and her own boss and her own lane and I don't and I've seen a lot of people thinking she was fake crying and I don't agree with that like I do think she is this like little birdie like she's this fragile and I think she has a lot of hurt in her heart and a lot of pain and I think that a lot of it has to do with she feels really guilty about what she did to James and like I I would too yeah that's that on that. So what did Trish say? Oh, she went, I didn't watch Trish's video. Her video was so messy. Like, these YouTubers, like, they just, like, make me nauseous with the jiggly camera. Like, it's so insane. Um, but she watched the video and was just, like, commenting on it throughout. And she is Shane's best friend. So, like, the video was a little silly because she, like really did defend Shane even though she said she wasn't you know like his actions are inexcusable but like I don't know I couldn't get on board with it because she was just like ignoring the majeure elephant in the room which is that your friend did and said some of the most mild disgusting things I've ever heard in my life but she does not believe Tati at all like and she, she actually said that her and Jeffrey are not friends anymore. Like they had this moment in Vegas for something about a purse and she's like been really hurt by him for a while. Um, but she hung out with him a lot and he, she never heard him say anything about like having blackmail on other people. And she doesn't think that that's true that Tati said that. Um, and she just really didn't believe anything. She wasn't buying anything Tati was selling. And she actually did make an interesting point, um, that I thought was interesting where, um, She really believed the whole time, like, Tati was definitely upset about the vitamins. And, like, the vitamins was her cross to bear. And, like, that's what this whole thing was about. And all the gaslighting stuff is a lie. And at the end of the video, um, she makes a point to say, which I found so interesting, that Jeffrey is actually a co-owner of Morphe. Yeah. Which is fascinating. And uh, she thinks it's no coincidence that Morphe is now coming out with hair, skin, and nail vitamins. And so Trish was like, that... Trish thought that that was, like, a window into what this whole thing is about. Like, it's obviously still about the vitamins. Which, you know... I, it is an interesting concept. Um, when but just- she said the thing about Morphe, I thought it was most interesting
1: that she said that Morphe and James were supposed to come up with a makeup line together. So, And it doesn't make sense why James Charles doesn't have a makeup line of his own aside from collaborations like his Morphe palette
0: which is like one of the most successful makeup palettes in history James
1: Charles Beauty seems like that was in development with Morphe right Jeffree Star is a secret co-owner so he put the wheels in motion to get James canceled so that wouldn't happen
0: and I, I know everyone's over this story but like I'm not and I need to hear from Jeffrey. You know, like, this has been a hard week for Jeffrey stands because, you know, he's on the chopping block for, you know, things he've done, he's done in his past. And, you know, he has to be held accountable. Um, and, you know, part of being a Jeffrey stand is, like, you know he's problematic, but, like, you just look past it. Like, and you just love him and you think he's funny and you love his beautiful house and his products. But now it is, it is a time for people to be honest and, and, and accountable. And if he's sitting on as many receipts that I think he is, I think it'll make for a very interesting video. and Or he could really shock people and be like, I have no blackmail on anyone. Bye. Like, honestly, that's what I would do. Because yeah, she has painted a picture of him. And yep. if he puts out a hurricane of a video, he's playing into exactly what she said he is. Yeah.
1: So he should come point. out with
0: a video and be like, I don't know anything. I, 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 I should, wish to be excluded from this narrative, one that I never asked to be a part of. I am sure he has receipts on absolutely everyone. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. But if he literally just stepped back and was like, No, I mean, I didn't really like James, but, like, that was it. And he didn't put up any screenshots, no voice memos, no no text messages. He would rewrite the narrative. I think if if anyone at Team Star is listening, that's what I would do. That's the only way to get himself out of the hole that Tati just threw him down.
1: Got it. Also, something that you said that you felt like Tati's – this video is convenient because, like, Shane – is cancelled. So of course everyone's gonna agree with Tati because you can't take the side of Shane and Jeffrey right now. Everyone hates him. Yeah but I also think I I kind of saw it differently where it's like not like she's piling on to his cancellation and it's time to take down Shane Dawson. It's like she's actually making him a part of a conversation that's like so light and you know you know exciting for people and not controversial that now like we we want to hear from Shane Dawson again even though like we actually don't want to
0: hear from him. That's true. I think it's kind of like Weirdly reviving him. Hmm, that's interesting. You know, yeah, that's an interesting. I I don't agree, but that is an interesting. Um, the take take. Thank you. I can't speak English. Um, it's just it's all too much. But I'm living for it.
1: Yes, so we'll keep you posted.
0: Yes, I look forward to develop this story developing. Um, I hope Jeffrey doesn't just ignore it, even though what Tricia said was so fascinating. is like, there's this kind of mentality in the YouTube community is just to like, ignore all criticism and ignore, ignore. That's how it goes away. She said, that's the David Dobrik mentality, where it's like, there are definitely questionable things that they do and say in their videos. Some It's like, maybe like a little fat phobic or like, racist innuendos, but it's all in good fun and it's humor and everyone laughs and whatever. Um, And that's like the David Dobrik Vlog Squad way just to like, you know, she fucking hates the Vlog Squad. She fucking throws them. Oh, here. I know you don't. I'll explain. So there's so many members of the Vlog Squad and there's definitely like a hierarchy and someone who's super high up is Jason and he's like 40 years old and he hangs out with these kids and like that's his chick and that's his joke he's like a stand-up comedian David totally revived his career he has kids and he dated Trisha forever and so Trisha used to be in the vlog squad videos and it was like this fabulous YouTube culmination of life and they broke up and had a nasty breakup I don't know all the details but now she like now she just hates the vlog squad and she of course who knows more about them than her she hung out with them forever so she's always just like spilling tea am I getting this right Jillian? Yeah, okay, Jillian's like the YouTube um, resident Dan. Like, she was on it way before me, so I just need to make sure that I'm not misstating facts, but I think I'm right. Okay, cool. There's so much to know in YouTube history. Like, I feel like when I first started getting into YouTube, like James Charles, Jeffrey Star, like maybe two years ago, like, I knew nothing, and I feel like I still know nothing. Yeah. and There's so much history. There is so much history, so I'm just taking it one scandal at a time. One scandal at a time, but for this one, I think we're... I'm leaning towards Stassi... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm leaning towards... Tati, um, but I have my reservations about some of the things she said, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, but cool. I do. But at the end of the day, what I want to happen out of all of this is absolute justice for James Charles. Yes, absolutely. Very sad.
1: Yeah, I also want to hear from James Charles because he had wanted to be in Tati's video. Interesting, and I think that that's. That would be nice to hear from him, and also to hear him like forgive Tati, so that like we can forgive Tati. Because right. it's not on us to forgive Tati. She didn't. The fact that or, tried to ruin our careers. The fact
0: that James forgave her. Like I could never be that forgiving of a person ever. Because honestly, I'm still mad at Tati for what she did to James. And the fact that James forgave her, um, it says a lot. That's what someone in the comments wrote, and I totally agree. It says it really says all you need to know about this. Yeah,
1: I agree. Okay, moving on, putting it to bed for now. Sadly. Sia reveals she's a grandmother after her son had two babies. Fabulous. Quote, they call me Nana. Uh-huh. Sia's family just got a little bigger again one month after revealing she had adopted two teenagers who were, quote, aging out of the foster care system. This singer appeared on Zane Lowe's Apple Music Show on Tuesday to share that she's become a grandmother after her youngest son welcomed children of his own. Quote, my youngest son just had two babies, she shared. I'm just immediately horrified. No, I'm cool. They call me Nana. I'm trying to get them to call me lovey like Kris Jenner. (laughs) Call me lovey. During the interview, she also spoke about her decision to adopt, explaining that while her sons actually could have remained in foster care until they were 21, she wanted to get them out of the system so they could have a more stable life. Quote, I'm a little bit jaded now after investigating the foster system as much as I have done in the last year. It's failing us, not in my experience, in my son's experience. They've been in 18 different locations in their 18 years. Wow. Wow.
0: The more I learn, the more that Sia, like, opens up about her personal life. She used to be very, very private, like, with the wig and everything. Um, But I feel like the Kardashians, like, brought out the thirst monster in her, you know? (laughs) And I absolutely love that. And I just love that we're learning. Every time I learn something about her private life, like, I just fall in love with her even more. Mm -hmm. And this is no exception. I love that she's a grandma. I love that she, even in her grandma dumb, she still stands the Kardashians. Right. And that's really all you can hope for from a lovey.
1: That is all that you can hope for. I'm happy for her and her whole family. And I agree. I love that we're getting to see a more personal side
0: she said such an interesting and she talks about it in carpool karaoke and she talks about it sometimes in interviews, but where I've heard her talk about it the most is carpool karaoke where um people were just always so confused about like the wig thing. They thought it was like an artistic choice, and it really wasn't. She was from Australia and she got like kind of popular in Australia as like a singer songwriter, and she immediately couldn't deal with the fame and got, you know, um I think she was addicted to alcohol or substance abuse. I don't know, but she went down this spiral where like she couldn't deal with like that small modicum of fame that she had. And so she went to rehab and she, you know, got her life back on track, but she loved singing and like she didn't want to give up even though she knew it was like this toxic part of her life. So like the wig and covering her face was this means of like her following her dreams, being passionate about her art, but not um, falling back into the trap because nobody, she goes to Target and like nobody really knows. And I think she did that for like 10 years and now I think she's at a place where maybe she's comfortable with her sobriety and comfortable with her fame where she can... um, expose herself to the world and open up. And I hope she's having a good experience with it because I'm loving learning more about Sia and her family.
1: I hope so too. She really reminds me of Hannah Montana. Um, you know, obviously she couldn't be a pop star and go to school mm-hmm. and just have, live a normal life. So complicated. So she had the best of both worlds um, due to her wig. I would and love to
0: hear a Sia cover of best of both worlds. She gets the best of both worlds. She does. Even though like now she's well known. Like everyone knows what she looks like.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thanks
0: in large part to the Kardashians. <laughs> okay next story a little
1: tea david foster will actually a little tea hmm what's the word a little lack of tea okay (laughs) david foster quote will never disclose why he divorced yolanda hadid
0: oh my god this again (laughs) this episode should be called drudging up old shit because wow i haven't thought about them in so long he's moved on he
1: shouldn't talk about it no but um There's a new documentary about him called David Foster, Off the Record. Oh. Um, And so he refused to say why he divorced his fourth wife, Yolanda, but insists it had nothing to do with her illness. When the two split in 2015 amid Hadid's battle with Lyme disease, the record producer was roundly criticized for leaving his wife while she was sick. He says in the documentary, how can I leave a sick woman? The fact of the matter is that was not the reason I left. It was for a different reason, which I will never disclose, that had nothing to do with her being sick. They were together for nine years and married for four before announcing their split in 2015. I mean, to me, the story, like, the big message is that there's a David Foster documentary that I didn't know about. Um, (laughs) But also, it is always nice to really get a little bit more insight into what happened there because that was a crazy time.
0: It was, but it's not one of those things I wonder about. There are certain celebrity conundrums that will literally stay with me till the day I die. Like, what happened in the elevator with Solange and Jay-Z? You know, like, those things follow me. And with, in terms of um, Yolanda and David Foster, I don't really think about them that much. In my opinion, I don't think he left her because she was sick. Um, because, first of all, that's a fucked up thing to do. And second of all, he's a celebrity. Like, his PR team would have, you know, shown the optics on what that says about him. And he would have... I just, I just don't believe it. Yeah. Um, and he just said it, so I choose to believe David Foster. Yeah, I
1: mean, it begs the question, okay, what was the reason then? But and you know what, like, we've moved on and we'll give them
0: their Yolanda privacy. Has Yolanda ever said that that's what happened? No, she just let it imply that. Yes. She never said anything and her silence was an implication that it might have been the truth. But they, I mean, I mean, I guess they were, like, so happy. Oh, by the way, speaking of Real Housewives, we did a whole Patreon episode yesterday. Oh, my God, yes. That
1: people are loving. It's all about um, every Real Housewives... of tagline ever and our analysis of them and just talking about old housewives, old seasons. Their place in housewives history. Pretty much like things that happened on housewives before we ever started doing a show. So just really dredging up old stuff. Yeah, that's the theme of today. And um, it's really great. So head over to patreon.com slash the morning toast if you are a big Housewives
0: fan. And if you're not, there's tons of other content there for you to consume. It's seven ninety nine a month for five extra episodes. And if you buy now, you get access to all the old episodes. So it's like really seven ninety nine for 200 episodes. And that's honestly a great deal great deal
1: okay also speaking of Real Housewives here's a crazy story okay Dina Manzo's ex-husband hired a mobster to assault her current husband in 2015 the feds say do you remember when Dina Manzo's house boy yeah and her boyfriend got beat up yes turns out allegedly according to the feds that Tommy Manzo her ex-husband Set it up. Here's the story. Tommy Manzo, the ex husband of former Real Housewives of New Jersey star Dina Manzo, was arrested Tuesday on charges of allegedly hiring a member of the Lucchese crime family mob. Wait,
0: I'm sorry. Tommy Manzo. Dina's ex husband. No, I understand that. So is Tommy Caroline's sister? Oh, I always thought Caroline's brother. I always thought Caroline and Dina were full sisters not through marriage yeah I guess they're sister-in-laws oh interesting so I guess the like the bragus between them is not that big of a deal People act like she doesn't talk to her sister, but she's her sister. It's her ex-sister-in-law. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's weird. Was arrested Tuesday in charges of allegedly hiring a member of the Lucchese crime family mob to carry out an assault on Dina's current husband, Dave Canton, in July 2015. U.S. Attorney Craig Carpinito announced in a press conference that Tommy of Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, allegedly hired Joe Perna of Cedar Grove, New Jersey, to assault Dave. According to the indictment, Tommy gave John a steep discount for a lavish wedding reception the following month at the Browns. Own in Patterson that Tommy co-owned and if you watch Real Housewives of New Jersey you know that the Manzos i.e. Caroline Manzo oh, is involved in
0: as well. Wow wait this is so interesting you know Dina Manzo's life after reality tv was far more interesting than she ever was on reality tv with her ugly cats uh, but we had to suffer through that you know mm-hmm. um, this is fascinating like wow! wow you know in the beginning of Real Housewives of New Jersey, there was like a mob vibe. Yeah. They never really spoke on it. In the reunion, Caroline said, like, most people think that, but like, mm, mm. like they were all very vague about it. Yeah. But there was always like this underlying, not anymore no. at all, but there was... It was the Manzo family that
1: brought it in. Yeah. But also there were more Manzos. Now there's zero Manzos on the show. Right. There was Jacqueline who was married to into the Manzo. Yeah. There was Dina and there was Caroline. And then we were following around Albie, Albie. and Chris. And we were, and, and their daughter.
0: Oh, uh, Lauren. Yeah. So we were. By the way, people love Lauren to this day. She's like an influencer. And I think she's had a child and her and Vito are like married and they like eat Parmesan cheese together. And it's so cute. Good for, good for them. It sounds like a lovely life. So we Caroline Manzo embraced her inner gray. She's
1: not red anymore. She has full gray head. Oh, I love that for her. So we were very much in the Manzo family
0: and apparently they have. Ties to the mob, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, Please don't hit us next. We are just reporting on the news. Um, It's just so funny um, how, like, when you think of mobs, like, back in the day, like, Godfather, there is, like, an element of, like, glamour to, like, it was, like, this rich, everyone had a limousine, like, mob, mob, mob. And now when I think of, like, modern day mobs, it's, like, so tacky. (laughs) You know? It's, like, mob wives, real houses in New Jersey. It's, like, not nearly as glamorous as it used to be. Reality
1: TV has really ruined the mob. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about. Well, we'll keep you posted on that story. Really crazy stuff. Fifth and final story: some exciting TV news. A little TV news. *Curb Your Enthusiasm*. <gasps> *Curb Your Enthusiasm* will return for season eleven on HBO. Larry David will return to HBO for an eleventh season of *Curb Your Enthusiasm*. This comes after the tenth season of the comedy aired on cable network earlier this year. So apparently, Larry is already writing how can he not be how can he not be he said um believe me i'm as upset about this as you are <laughs> One day, I can only hope that HBO will come to their senses
0: and grant me the cancellation I so richly deserve. Oh my God, that's so funny. I mean, they say it's always gonna be the last season and part of me actually believed that this season was gonna be the last season. I think it would have
1: been the last season if not for coronavirus. One, because like I need to hear Larry David's take on coronavirus. And I think Larry
0: David is literally stewing in his house thinking of, I mean, quarantine was made for Larry David. Right, and
1: two, because like the quarantine opportunity for Larry David to write about quarantine is just
0: so ripe. Yeah, no, and like just the ideas were probably coming to him in his sleep like Susie in quarantine like there's too much <laughs> Susie
1: in quarantine
0: honestly I need like one hour episodes every for like six years like this I could literally I'm just so excited about it like this is fabulous this is the
1: best news like entertainment news I've heard in a while
0: yeah one because I was like let down that there wasn't going to be another season and then second because if there was going to be another season like it would be so iconic with um just what's going on in the world yes wow um, this is fabulous. Yes. This is rejoicing. just a great day to be a Jew.
1: I need to hear about Susie in quarantine. I fucking love Susie.
0: I fucking so love Susie. Yeah. Um okay, should we dive into Dear Toasters, which is our advice segment?
1: Let's dive right in.
0: Well, today's episode and The Dear Toaster segment is brought to you by Beachbody. Oh
1: my god, I did a Beachbody
0: workout yesterday and I am so sore. Really? I don't know if you saw me walking you down the hall. You look extra snatched.
1: Extra Snatch. That's Beachbody for
0: you. The summer season isn't on hold, so your summer body shouldn't be either. Get access to professional training from the comfort of your own home with Beachbody On Demand. Thousands joined Beachbody On Demand to stay fit during COVID-19 and they weren't disappointed. Beachbody On Demand gives you instant access to over 1,300 workouts you can stream anytime so you can maintain a consistent routine at home on your own schedule. This is the company behind P90X, Insanity, and 21 Day Fix, so now you can check out some of Beachbody's newest programs like The Morning Meltdown, which I heard people love to do a S- after listening to The Morning Toast. It's a great combo. And 80 Day Obsession and start every day strong. You can get motivated by super trainers you know like T- Tony Horton, Joel Freeman, Jericho McMatthews, and Autumn Calabrese. They have hundreds of effective workouts from all fitness levels including bodybuilding, weight training, cardio, yoga, and even dance workouts. You can work out on your own schedule for as short as 10 minutes and it doesn't require any extra equipment. In the time it takes you to drive and park at the gym, you could be finished doing a workout on Beachbody. View it on your computer, your web TV, a tablet a smartphone a Roku an Apple TV a Chromecast really anywhere it's the best deal in fitness because listeners of the morning toast can try it absolutely free so get a special free trial membership text toast to 303030 that's t-o-a-s-t to 303030 you'll get access to the entire platform all the workouts nutritional information and support absolutely free just text toast to 303030 that's toast to 303030 thank you Beachbody for sponsoring Dear Toasters, which is my favorite day. Let's do it. Hi, Claudia and Jackie. Love you both in the show. I work in healthcare and your show has been a salvation during coronavirus. Thank you so much for being a healthcare worker. You are a hero to everyone. Thank you. I am in need of sisterly advice. My sister was supposed to get married this August. I found out around Christmas that I'm pregnant with my first baby. My husband and I are thrilled. My sister's wedding date and my due date were basically the same day. Her wedding was planned for out of state and since I would have needed to fly to attend the wedding weekend, I wasn't going to be able to go... I wasn't going to be able to go so close to the baby being born. We were both upset, but in order to still honor her special day, I offered to throw a very lavish wedding shower weekend getaway for her and her friends in our hometown where I still live, spending roughly what it would have cost for me to attend the wedding. Long story short, coronavirus came, canceling her wedding and postponing the wedding until next summer. The good news is that I can now go to the wedding. The bad news is that she is no longer speaking to me because she wants me to still throw the expensive wedding shower weekend and also attend her wedding. I understand that she's frustrated about her events being canceled. I told her I'd be happy to throw her a smaller shower, but I don't think I can financially afford to throw her the big shower and attend the wedding, not to mention that I have new babies to support. Yeah. She has not spoken to me since our conversation about this two months ago, and I'm five weeks away from my due date. Am I wrong for not doing both? How can my sister and I start talking again? Sincerely, an expectant toaster. Before we start, I just have to say... um, I totally agree with you and you are totally right. You have a baby to worry about. Like your life has changed and you still want to be a supportive sister and it sounds like you are. But we need to give all coronavirus brides like a little bit of a break because yeah. they are having a hard time. They are
1: going through it. Like, we thought
0: that like they could postpone their wedding three, three months and like no, they can't. Like they're all postponing it a year.
1: They're postponing it a year with like the option for wave two yeah. to make them postpone it again. So I agree. Coronavirus brides, like I'm, I'm really so sorry for you. But I will say baby in five weeks – Trump's Trump's wedding so so right now you need to prioritize yourself don't get too stressed about it it's not good for the baby I think that maybe what you could say to her is that you'll do a shower for her maybe in the fall you can pretend like it's the big shower but know like to yourself that you're scaling down she won't know like what the big shower would be versus the little shower do what you can for her and honestly if it's not enough I feel like right now anything that people can do for other people or to you know have some sort of good time like it's more than enough mm-hmm. like we'll do the dumbest things and we're like what a great night totally like playing Monopoly like I'm so glad we did that so like if anyone's gonna be like I want more it's just you know this isn't the time for more so I think that if you can do what you can come the fall after your baby is born I think she should appreciate that if she doesn't don't get too bent out of shape about it you have a new baby to worry about and is now aunties of a new baby like that baby is the only thing that matters and you
0: know what like the baby will fix everything like there it just I don't know part of me like honestly in my opinion what the bride is doing to the pregnant sister is unforgivable but because the bride is going through it and we're giving coronavirus brides like a little bit of a break I will I will allow you to talk to her I will allow it but honestly I feel like to get mad at a pregnant woman for not bending over backwards for you is, like, a little unreasonable. In the, and, like, to, for not
1: spending money when she's having a baby, we're living through, like, an economic uh, crisis. Right. I just... I'll give her a little bit of a break because she's going through it too. She's going through it too, but baby trumps all and that baby's all that matters. And in
0: in the normal world, what she's doing in my opinion is unforgivable.
1: Yes. But so we'll give her a chance if you are up
0: to it, maybe try and plan a little something, but if, but if you're not up to it, like you're fucking pregnant, take care of yourself. You don't have to go out in a pandemic. Like just look out for yourself and your child. Yeah, Yeah. And if she's really gonna
1: write you off because of that, She's got stuff to work on. Yeah, and
0: she'll work through it, and then you two will get back together. Yeah. Okay, next up. Hello, my beautiful, stunning, and smart hosts. To make a very long story short, I was in a very on and off relationship for two years when I found out that my now ex-boyfriend and best friend, whom I lived with during the time we dated, had been DMing. She messaged back kissy face emojis. She now claims she had no idea who he was. His Insta name is a spinoff of his real name, similar to Claude with no job. Not that far of a jump to figure out. His profile is private, and his private his profile pic with his sunglasses on and a hat. I don't trust her around men I date now, but I'm having a hard time cutting her out of my life right now because of all the drama it would cause. Am I being crazy, or should I cut her out of my life? I'm a maid of honor, and she's getting married this year. For context, she has cheated on her fiance before with another man. The mess, the messages, my man. Wait, sorry. For context, she has cheated on her fiance before with another man. Then, messaging my man and physically cheating with different men both happened about five months before she got engaged. Her fiance supposedly knows about both. Um, okay, I'm, so I'm confused. Obviously,
1: as- there's a lot like that's not totally kosher here. But I will say, I w- I'm tempted to give her the benefit of the doubt about the private profile sunglasses and a hat, um, and her not knowing that she was talking to your man. I think that that's a, a good possibility that that's true. Oh, I don't. I also just wouldn't trust someone like this around future relationships because she obviously has no real respect right. for relationships. Her she own even, or otherwise. She doesn't even respect her own. So I would definitely be trepidatious of her in general. But I actually think that she might have not known that she was talking to your man. So
0: she just thought she was talking to a random person and it happens to be her roommate's
1: boyfriend? Yeah, like the, the roommate's boyfriend reached out to her her because he
0: knew her but she didn't realize like that this was his Instagram I don't know it's a Tati Westbrook a little too convenient she's obviously toxic it doesn't matter who's right like you obviously
1: need to keep her at arm's length period so whether she did or she didn't I just like to give people the benefit of the doubt and really believe that people aren't as bad as, as they can be so um but sometimes they are regardless I just arm's length
0: arm's length six feet apart Someday when emotionally we are six, six
1: feet apart. Emotionally six feet apart. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Spiritually,
0: definitely. All right, our final, dear toasters. Hello, ladies. First off, thank you so much for still providing loads of premium content during these quarantines. You're welcome. Thank
1: you for your appreciation. That means a lot.
0: So the story sounds insane, but my friend, let's call her Jane, insane Jane, (laughs) recently ended a five-year engagement with a man 21 years older than her. Luckily, it happened just before quarantine, so she got out and was able to move home. She now lives with her mom, her mom's boyfriend who she'll never marry just for personal reasons, but they call him stepdad and her mom's boyfriend's son. I'll call him the stepbrother. I see where this is going. I see where this is going. Sharon Josh. So on Easter, she FaceTimes me and informs me that she has kissed her stepbrother when she was tipsy. She wasn't mad about it. Serena and Dan. Yes. By the way, so Sharon Josh. Also on Easter, her ex fiance's mother, passed away from coronavirus complications so he reached back out for her to comfort etc and they ended up having phone sex that took place on monday and tuesday after easter so obviously this girl has a lot going on then she facetimes me on thursday to chat about all of this because she's emotionally confused and informs me that she not only had these facetime sessions with her ex right after his mom died and she kissed her stepbrother but then she tells me that wednesday she gave her stepbrother a handjob and he angered her so high school lol wow the way that this is written is crazy she keeps asking me what i think she should do and i keep saying to stop hand fucking your stepbrother but she is starting to catch feelings but also her relationship beforehand was toxic so she needs to not go back to that either I'm not sure what advice I need to give besides, like, what the fuck do I tell her? I just thought this story was actually insane and that you guys would get a kick out of it during Dear Toasters because it is one of the most insane stories I've ever heard. I am happy to provide updates if needed. Love you guys and thank you both. Stay safe during these times. Sincerely, incest is not best. There are two things going on here. First is a relationship with the ex-boyfriend who, terrible that his mom passed away from coronavirus, like, absolutely awful. And I get that she, like, wanted to be there for him. This is, like, in Riverdale when, um... uh, Archie's dad got shot and like Veronica thought it would be helpful to like get in the shower with him. Um, But some (laughs) people just need comfort during times like that and I don't necessarily fault her. Like she shouldn't go back to that toxic relationship even though like he obviously needs someone right now. That It just, it can't be you. Um, With the stepbrother, like I don't see why that's problematic. I know, but maybe we're also
1: like, I don't see why it's problematic either, but that's just because of the like examples that have been set forward to me, like by entertainment programming. So, Sharon, right. Josh, Serena, and Dan, even Betty and Jughead, because their parents were dating and they were dating. Yeah, and, even that's not incest, but no, but that's exactly what's happening here. Their parents are together; they're not getting married. Even if they got married, it doesn't change the blood. But their
0: parents were dating. These people have been together for fifteen years. I think she said.
1: Okay, but like that, it's still. It's that's a family. Not, it's a family, but you know what? They could be family on, on two friends. You know what? There's it's a not difference. the craziest thing I've ever heard. And you know what? Like if this is her OTP, this is so cute. So cute,
0: by the way. First of all, there's, some, there's a huge difference between dating your mom's boyfriend's son and your stepdad's son. But they're not married. But they call him stepdad. That doesn't
1: make him their stepdad. But they call him it. So biologically, he's not your stepbrother. And legally, he's not your stepbrother. So he's just a guy.
0: Yeah, Who's living in your house? Who's looking for love. Yeah, no, I I think this is an interesting way to have met someone. And speaking of, there's this new trend on TikTok where it's like, and it went like, and the people talk about like um, how they met their significant others. And it's so random where it's like her mom's a professor and she went to study abroad with her and there was like one of the other teachers is bringing their son. And like, that's how they met. And this is, I feel like one of those stories, like a, a whirlwind romance. Yeah, it's definitely not conventional. But, but love you isn't. You know what?
1: It's hard to find a
0: boyfriend. <laughs> 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 love isn't conventional, you guys, and I think that's what you should take from this episode. I think so too. But d- definitely, don't get back. Don't encourage her to get back with the toxic. No, I'm ex. over him.
1: Also, a five year engagement, like.
0: It's done. But he needed you during that time and you were there for him with the FaceTime sex. And for that, you served a purpose and that was the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not even bent out of shape about that. Even if he, like, even if you guys were just exes and there wasn't the factor of him going through tragedy and grieving, like, you can have FaceTime sex with your ex during quarantine. Harmless. Anyway.
0: Harmless um so those are our dear toasters again if you ever want to write in we always keep it anonymous and you can write us about anything so it's toasters at gmail.com we appreciate all the entries and that's our show anything else nope that is all she wrote i see her and she's like typing (laughs) away make sure you have i I see
1: her as handwriting this oh i see
0: her as a 21st century girl oh interesting yes she's carrie bradshaw with her laptop Oh, we Except she's not annoying. <laughs> we should fire <buy> her. <laughs> um, so, we have an, our last show of the week is for uh, tomorrow, but please make sure to order my special review it rated. I really appreciate the support. And that's all she wrote. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we go live Monday through Friday, 10 30 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. So, if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR, RadioCast, Box, all the places. So, wherever you listen to podcasts, find us The Morning Toast, and leave a five star review about how beautiful, smiling, and smart we are. And you can now watch our video. Videos on Spotify they have allowed uh, podcasters to upload videos which is great so that's what we're doing and that's all she wrote
1: that is all she wrote bye bye